Aloha, Shervin here, and welcome to The Waking Hour. This is our moment in time to wake the fake up from the illusions that are holding us back from living in our full power. As Alvin Toffler said, the illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read or write, but those who cannot unlearn the many lies that they have been conditioned to believe and seek out the hidden knowledge that they have been conditioned to reject. I invite you all on a journey of self-exploration where together we unlock the keys to living the best life ever. Welcome to Wake the Fake Up. It's an honor to be here today with you, everyone. And it's an honor to bring on my next guest. This is Raka. This is my sister from another mister. This is the Icelandic queen from one of the most beautiful places on in the world, in my opinion. Raka, it's so good to see your face. How are you? I'm good. So good to see you too. What a time to be alive right now during this wild ride of a life that we're all experiencing right now. And I really want to just <laughs> jump jump into it. Are you feeling all of this craziness on that beautiful island, Iceland? Not as much. I've been traveling traveling a little bit um, in the past year. Not much. Not as much as normally. But I feel it way more when I'm not in Iceland. So in Iceland, um, it's it's not as, as crazy, I feel. And people are, you know, a little, we, we have less of this whole world pandemic going on here. And there's a volcano going off and there's so many things like just that are happening here in Iceland, earthquakes and, and just, you know, craziness that this whole pandemic has kind of taken a little backseat for me at least. So yeah, no, not feeling it that much here. I which love is that. Good. I, yeah. I love that. So so the, the mother, our nature, the energy, the womb of this earth is expressing so heavily over there that you're not getting caught up with the material world confusion and the material world information and all that stuff, the scare and the fear of it all. And for me, that's what Iceland represents to me. It's similar with Kauai, where we have a biodynamic farm. It's a new island, so there's new energy and it's all kinds of explosiveness. So right now there's a volcano erupting, what, 40 miles from Reykjavik? No, 18 miles. 18 miles. So it's about 30 kilometers, for, for 30, 40 kilometers. And I can see it out this window. When, it's, when it gets dark, I can see it. I can't see it right now because it's so bright out. But when it gets dark, we can, we can see it. So it's literally just right there. And I've been to it like four times already. It's a, it's a nice hike. You go there and it, you, if you feel like you're walking onto a movie set. It's like a kid drew a volcano, a perfect one, and it's just spewing out of Mother Earth. And it's so beautiful. It's so powerful. I think everyone I think everyone needs to experience this. They need to be caught up in the awe and beauty and not just watching it on TV, watching it through some projection, but actually physically, emotionally connecting to what's happening. And so you're 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 in Reykjavik right now, which is coming out of its slumber. It's coming out of its winter yes. hibernation where we've entered Definitely. the we've entered the spring equinox, so the declination of the sun is rising towards the northern hemispheres. I've actually been there during the summer equinox. I laid on the back out right outside of Reykjavik, Reykjavik and watched the sun circle around me and it's, you know, it's the the midnight summer. 
and it's incredible it's ex- incredible experience to go from pure darkness to pure light mm-hmm. what does that feel like in your health in your body and your mind is that something you've gotten used to it, yeah it definitely has and i think that our um basically our vitamin D levels, obviously they're through the roof during the summer and so low during the winter. And I think it kind of like just equals it out a little bit. Um, at least for me, usually I travel a lot during the winter, but this winter, you know, we haven't been able to, so we felt it way more now, the darkness, but still, I feel like we just kind of gather it more during the summer. And then we, you know, we, we try to just keep our, our, you know, vitamin D levels up with supplements and stuff during the winter, but still I feel awake, you know, you, you feel the sun doesn't go down until 1030 right now. And it's only April and it comes up at 430 or something. I, I woke up at 430 this morning and I was like, okay, the sun is already up. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So We're it's like 18 hours. So it's like 18 hours yeah. of father's son. That is a, that's so if you're listening to this right now and you know what I believe in in terms of our connection to nature and our our innate in, immune system our ability to respond to things in, in our environment it's all you know regulated by our autonomic circadian rhythm which is our biological system and I'm o- I always advocate when the sun rises your full body should be connected to that sun activating every system in the body turning on vitamin D3 production, turning on serotonin activation in the gut, which is our happiness, and also turning on melatonin production, an important neurotransmitter that regulates our sleep cycle. And so when the sun actually goes down, it turns on, it tells the body, okay, it's time to go to sleep. So so living in Northern hemispheres for someone like you, that's such a drastic change. And do you i'm I'm curious like consciously emotionally you were in the 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 cold winter and the dark winter this this time around and i remember we were there two years ago right at the beginning stages of that winter it was pretty much 18 hours a day darkness and then we got five six hours of light we were there in december early december and so emotionally how are you feeling as this as it's starting to change into more light do you, do you feel more energetic? Do you feel, are you catching up to it? Oh, definitely. Way more energy, way more awake, alert, um, needing less sleep. And it sounds weird because I'm, I'm, I need my sleep and I always get my sleep, but I feel like I need it less. Like, I feel like, like I woke up this morning at 4.30 and I didn't plan to. And I was like, okay, let me try to sleep, you know? And I have my, you know, I fold on and, and, you know, my, curtains and everything. And I'm like, okay, just go to sleep, you know, cause you need more sleep, but it feels like the body just wakes up with spring. It's just ready to go. And it's beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful outside. It's so sunny right now. And Icelanders, they just like, they close down banks when it's <laughs> sunny. Cause we're like, we don't, th- this is the one day a year. And then maybe it happens again tomorrow. We're like, oh my God, we got another day. Let's all go out. Let's just close down. Like it's a bank holiday because it's sunny and nice out. So we just, everybody knows you need to use this day because we might not have many, but yeah, it's just, it just really wakes you up, makes you alert, just ready for anything. Such a unique perspective. You know, a lot of us in equatorial regions, we take the sun for granted. We need, and actually modern healthcare in the modern world is actually bred us to fear the sun. Just think about how oh, yeah. crazy that is. And most people, you know, they're, yeah. they're, you're getting sun damage because you're probably worn sunblock your entire life or you've been sheltering from the sun. So the body's not 
you know, hasn't built the reserves to protect you with the sun. So it's an auto, it's a immediate shock to the system. There's so, so much yeah. to di- dive into that. So tell our listeners, because m- most people on here might not know who you are. I know who you are. You are um, such a staple and rep and a, and a projection of power and beauty and all of these things in one. I- I'd love for you to tell a little bit about who you are and your role on the show Vikings, because I always talk mm-hmm. about berserkers. My whole tribe are all berserkers. Everyone that knows me knows that word. This is basically a, a warrior that goes out into the into the fight and rips their clothes off and is probably on some psychedelics like mushrooms and just goes crazy for it all. You are a Viking, you know, bloodline, beautiful woman who knew that she was going to go on the Viking shows. You're also an Olympic swimmer. Just how did that whole story go down? This is what people want to hear. Um, when I was seven or eight years old, I told my dad, I'm going to go to the Olympics and I'm going to go to the Oscars. And my dad said, great. Sounds fun. I'll come. <laughs> and, uh, I basically started swimming when I was six and, I just knew it wasn't like I wanted to, or any, it sometimes even felt like, Oh, I have to go to the Olympics in a few years. Okay. I have to go to practice now. Like it wasn't like I want to, it was just always like, I will. And I wanted to believe me. And, um, but yeah, it's, it just felt like natural to just know that, that I would. And I went in 2004 and I went in 2008 and throughout my swim career, I always knew that I wanted to be an actress and I wanted to act. And right after um, my son was born in 2013, which is the reason why I didn't go to the Olympics in 2012 in London, I was pregnant and I was just miserable, tired and needing of like a break from, you know, the the harsh elite athletic training. Um, Yeah, I went to LA to study acting. And then I tried for a whole year there with, you know, the visa that I got for working there. And uh, I got booked on so many things and then I showed up and they were like, Oh wait, we did not realize the year. How tall are you? And I'm like, I'm <laughs> six too. And they go, yeah, you know, sorry, we're going to have to. And I was like, literally on set. And I'm like, okay, thanks. They yanked bye. you They like, yanked you from set because they didn't realize how tall you were. Yeah. And I was like, okay, obviously I'm a, um, I'm okay enough actress to book some stuff, but I was just too tall for, for most of the things that I was trying out for. And I knew from, I think my son was like two or three months old when I started watching Vikings. And I was like, Oh, that's the show. That's what I need. And I just knew instinctively, as soon as I started watching it, I was like blown away by the magic of this show. Cause it's one, you know, one of my favorite shows in the world. And I was just like, that's where I belong. And it just clicked. And I was like, okay, I will be on Vikings. And I would tell people this and they would like, so you want to be on Vikings? I was like, no, no, I will be on Vikings. And they're like, okay, great. Yeah, whatever. You knew. And it's you, just, you knew. I knew. Yeah. And it's the same with the Olympics. I just knew. And for four years I was, uh, you know, learning, acting and, and doing everything that I was supposed to do or, or, you know, but I was always in the back of my mind. I was like, I'll be shooting in Ireland soon. Cause I'll be on Vikings. And I just, you know, kept asking people in the industry, do you know anybody that works for Vikings? And, <laughs> and I found some people that knew some people that got me in touch with Michael Hurst. And I literally just knocked on his door and said, hi, it's me. And he goes, 
you who who are you and i'm like you know you're next shield maiden slash queen slash warrior and he's like give me a second and obviously it didn't it didn't go like this it was emails and phone calls and this and that i sure. didn't you know physically go and knock on a door but you kind of did like you you, you kind of did i, I kind of did yeah, yeah. and then did. about two three weeks later i get a script and they want me to uh do an audition tape which i did couple of weeks later, I was asked to come to Ireland to, to do a screen test, which I did. And throughout the whole time, I wasn't like, oh, my God, it's happening. I was like, yes, it's what, you know, it was real. It, yeah, it was real it was, to yeah. you. The, Dr. Yeah. Bruce Lipton talks about the biology of belief and that all yeah. things that happen in our life are based on belief systems as opposed to our genes or something else. And so yeah. what, what, what it felt like is that you already knew this was going to happen. It was in your cards. Then you actually took a step forward with some action and made it happen. Oh, I always make like, I, I can't say I'm going to go to the Olympics and then just go and sit on my couch. You have to go to practice every day. I can't say I'm going to go and be on Vikings and not actually work towards it. You have to take the steps. You have to, you have to go where you feel. I felt inclined to go to LA. I, I used to live in Mission Viejo when I was younger, when I was swimming and I loved California. Like I wanted to live in California. So I signed up uh, to go to the New York film Academy in, in Los Angeles. And that's one of the steps that I took. I was like, okay, I'm going to learn something. I'm going to, I'm going to educate myself. I'm going to see how this is um, all working here. I worked on some amazing shows and amazing things in LA and I worked as an extra and I worked as a stand-in and I was doing everything that I could to be on set and just get more experience and get more, you know, things happening. And I was standing on the set of, um, I always forget the name of the show, the one with the, uh, the robots. Oh my gosh, what Westworld. So I was standing, I did a whole week. That's the as HBO, an extra. the HBO show yeah. that's kind of trippy, psychedelic show. show. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I'm standing and I was I did a whole week as an extra on that show. And I'm standing there and you know, watching all these actors do their thing. And it's so amazing just to to watch people because that's how you learn. And that's how I learned more by going on set and actually watching people. And I'm watching Anthony Hopkins, you know, do this monologue speech that he has. And I'm just like in awe. And then the next day I'm standing and I'm freezing. We're shooting in the middle of the night somewhere in Malibu and I'm freezing. And somebody comes up to me and is like, you're cold, aren't you? And like, brings me like a blanket. And I look, I'm like, thank you, sir. It's Anthony Hopkins. And he goes, call me Tony. And nobody was around to hear it. And I'm like, Nobody was around to hear that I can call Anthony Hopkins Tony. Okay, fine. Oh I, I think the bigger part of the story is the Icelandic <laughs> queen was cold in Malibu. But we'll we'll circle back we'll circle back to that. We'll circle back to that. So true. This just shows how the bodies adapt. But that's a cool story. Anthony Hopkins, what a trip. You know, I grew yeah, up watching and that it's guy. Because yeah. like, you know, I, I don't get starstruck often, but yeah. I, I felt like, you know, I'm I'm in the presence of greatness. And by by watching these people do their things and working, and even when I was on set of Vikings, just working with all these amazing actors you learn so much. And that's, you know, the steps that I'm taking towards my next gig, towards my next big project. And I know, I know what's going to happen. And I have this, like, this one thing that, that I feel like is missing for most people that when they're trying to manifest something or they know, and they feel I should be there. It's the whole, you know, you have to have the patience. 
And I sometimes don't, sometimes I'm like, where is it? Why isn't it here? I know it's happening, you know, and that's the exact opposite of the feelings that you want to actually have when you know something is coming, you have to just sit back and know and not worry about it. That's what, what, the, the key to it. What you're saying is, is perfect in a sense of being hyper present. So yes. we, we tend to go into escapism and start to look at things that we don't have versus the qualities that we do have and all of the things that we should have gratitude for. And as soon as you cross that line, you're immediately leaking fuel, you're leaking energy, you're leaking your ability to transcend and to go to next levels and to break through plateaus. There's a quote that says, the elevator to success is broken, take the stairs. And if, yeah. we, if we break that into deeper awareness, it's that going up those stairs it's the movement, it's the energy, and it's the willpower that creates an embodiment that allows us to go and conquer and create the life that we want to live, the life that we deserve to live in this carnation, not in the next one, not in this this other superficial Definitely. reality. And I honor you for 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 being in that. It was, is it something that you felt like you intrinsically had as a child? Oh, I thought everybody had it. Yep. I was I was a little bit like taken aback when um you know, manifesting became like a mainstream thing with the secret and everything and sure. people were going nuts about it and I'm like, "Oh, we not everybody has this." Cuz I was 5 years old and I felt like I just knew and I felt like Oh, if I just know I'm going to get this, I will. And I, I just, yeah, that's something that I think I just, do, you know. Do you had. offer this? Or do you offer this to your son? Do you do you create the incubator that there's? It's a limitless world and limitless reality, and we're not suffocating by this, you know, control system that we're in because we are in a limited control system that's kind of putting us into a box actually it's not kind of it is and that's why yeah. you see all the suffering are you uh, did your parents create that incubation for you is it an icelandic thing is it something you're offering your child how is that passing through i don't know uh where it came from cuz my parents didn't um didn't consciously do it maybe subconsciously, they were very supportive in anything that I wanted to do. You know, you can do anything you want to do. And I just, you know, heard that from, from when I, you know, was a baby probably. And, um, they were just very supportive and I just thought, Oh, I can be anything I want. It's okay. I'm going to be this and this and this, and that's what I feel like I want to be. And that's what I want to, um, you know, those are my stairs. I want to take steps towards this and this and this. And, um, they didn't consciously talk about, um, manifesting or, you know, knowing and, and, and they didn't have the lingo, achieve. they didn't have the lingo behind it, but it was, lingo, an, but it was an energy but, support that they, that they gave oh, you. Yeah. Yep. And they definitely, they have this, uh, amazing positivity in life. They, they are both very fit and active and social. And sometimes they even have a better social life than me. I'm like, okay, they they're busy. They're going to see friends and they they're laughing, they're having fun. And I think that's what life is about. They've, they're both successful in whatever they've been doing in life and they don't do it with, you know, with, uh, with, you know, hardship, they do it with fun and right. enjoying life. And that's the thing that I think, I found to be the, my, my biggest teacher is if I don't like what I'm doing, why am I doing it? 
And I didn't like every morning practice at five in the morning for swimming, but I liked swimming. I actually enjoyed it. And I, and every time I had a, a race, I had to smile before it. So when, when the announcer was like on lane three from Iceland, and I would be like, okay, I can do it. Like I was ready. And I <laughs> had coaches that were like, yeah. Raga's not smiling yet. Raga's not smiling. And I had coaches that were filming and I could hear on the, why isn't she smiling? Oh my God. She's she, not going to do it. She's going to go home. Like literally they thought that I would just turn and go back into the uh, changing room and just leave because I wasn't smiling. And then, you know, I step up on the starting block and I smile. Okay. She's smiling. She's smiling. Okay. She's good. She's good. <laughs> Cause I always would smile before because it's, it's like, if you don't like the journey, then you're not going to like the, the, you know, where you're going. That's if the, you don't that's like great, what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the main takeaway. I think right there it's, are yeah. you living in your intention? Are you living with purpose? Yeah. Cause if you feel like Olympics, you're forced, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Cause the Olympics, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a very short period of time in your life. I was there for a month in Athens and a month in Beijing and the race is 23 seconds, 24 seconds, 54 seconds. And that's the race. And if you're living for that moment and you hate everything that you have to do in order to get there, it's not going to be a great 54 seconds or 30 seconds or whatever it is. It's, and, and a lot of people, I, I, I heard this the other day because uh, I was asked what did you do to deal with your post Olympic blues? And I go, what's that? Like, yeah, the, the post Olympic blue, like everybody was supposed to know what that was. And I was like, I don't, I don't, I, have, I didn't have that. <laughs> I don't know what that is. And apparently a lot of people, they, they get their goal by, by, you know, just, you know, struggling through it and not having fun. And then they get their goal and they just have a dip after it. And that's the whole thing. Like enjoy where you're going while you're going there, enjoy the moment and enjoy something after it too. Cause once it's done, like Vikings, when, when, um, the, the show ended, life didn't end. I was like, okay, next thing, you know, and I'm enjoying, I enjoy reminiscing about it. I enjoy watching it. I enjoy talking about it, but it's done. And what's coming up. We can't just, you know, go, oh, that's done now what yeah you know and those and i love what you said because you can reflect on it and those memories and those experiences are in you and that's why yeah this whole time is an illusion and the linear perspective of time doesn't you know resonate with me it is an illusion because all those experiences are embedded within us everything yeah. and you can go into those moments and neurochemically biochemically those same chemicals that were shared during the experience can be expressed again. And that's another thing about being present and another thing about the biology of belief. So we, we know now it's not so much about that destination. It's really about the ride, the journey, the oh, experience. Definitely. Yeah. And that's it's, being present. Yeah. And I even kind of, it's, it sounds weird, but sometimes I like the times when it's not going that well. Like I, even in, when I was swimming, it wasn't like I broke my ankle at one time and I couldn't swim for six weeks and it looked bleak, but I was like, okay, that's another step up there. I can take this and I can use this and I can, can rise higher after it because I'm having this setback. And it's, yeah, it sounds a little weird that, you know, when it's not going well, I still kind of like enjoy it because it makes me it makes me that more grateful for when it actually comes. It's like, I had to go, I had to literally, you know, 
go through hell and fire for this. Would it, know, wouldn't it obviously make, figuratively? Wouldn't it make sense? So the human body's ability to respond to stress is designed and it's created through the action of stress. So our yeah. so the way we respond to anything that is a foreign invader or anything in the body is what's actually building our immune system. So what you're experiencing and what I've experienced through my life, and I, I take Kobe Bryant, for example, who was one of my you know childhood idols growing up, he always said his best times was the resilience, was the most toughest times of, of mental, emotional, and physical stress. That's where he responded, and that's when the endorphins released, and that's where the courage mm -hmm. comes in, and you start to build that. And so hearing, yeah. what, hearing this experience, it's, it's sometimes this world, you know, it's it's designed right now to misalign you with the stress and to blunt those stresses and to numb them. And what that's mm -hmm. causing is causing a conditional gap for our ability to really experience. And that's why a lot of us, we go to the jungles and we do ceremonies and we go into, you know, places of real tough, tough moments. That's where the trauma comes out. That's where the body can get to a complete, complete state of surrender. And yeah. that's that. What does not kill you? That which does not kill kills you. Kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> makes you stronger. I, yeah. I <laughs> I think it's plural because I'm I'm thinking of the collective, and I'm not just thinking of myself <laughs> because I'm yeah. a reflection. So let's start over. Yeah. That which does not kill you makes you stronger. Very Definitely. important concept. Hormesis, and we're now mm -hmm. going into the 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 details of that in terms of chem biochemistry. And it makes so much sense that energetically and on a conscious state that would bring such happiness and such achievement yeah. in this life. It's so true. Cause stress, we, we were probably, you know, designed by, you know, by everything around us to think that stress is bad for us, but you know, it actually, we need the stress. We need to stress the muscle. We need to stress the mind. We need to stress the things to actually expand it and, and grow it. And like I said, when I was watching actors act, I watched athletes be athletes and I watched Kobe Bryant be Kobe Bryant. And I saw this man, um, such an amazing athlete. I have never met anyone that laughs as much or just has as much fun. He was telling jokes and, and, and having fun. And I met him at the Olympics in 2008 and we became friends sort of not, you know, great friend. I didn't get his phone number. We weren't calling each other all the time, but we were hanging out. And I say, don't, don't you guys have a game later? He goes, yeah. So, and I'm like, oh, never mind. Like most people would just be in some kind of, you know, like stressful, like in a bad way, like just, you know, hyperventilating, breathing, like, oh my God, I have a game. He was so happy laughing. And I watched athletes like him and I go, you're just having fun. It's just a game. And it's, 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 it's going to happen whether you stress about it now or not. So relax now. Cause once it happens, you have to be on, you have to be fully ready to stress your muscles, stress your mind, everything. Don't stress about it before like that. Like, cause I, I had problems with that when I was swimming, I was like, oh my gosh, the Olympics, you know, I'm supposed to do my best here. And then I thought, okay, maybe just relax, just have fun. It's going to happen. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fine. If I, if I, you know, do well, or if I do badly, it's going to be okay. 
And that, you know, watching other athletes be amazing made me go, okay, I want to be amazing too. I'm just going to have fun with this. I'm going to have, you know, a relaxing, like, I'm not going to stress about not being able to get my eggs, egg whites, the exact way that I want them in the morning. It's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, Absolutely. You know. Yeah. I, I love what so, we're talking about. And I, I think whoever's listening to this, they can kind of reflect into their own consciousness on how they're experiencing life and translate this into everyday life. So if it's not the Olympics, if it's not being a star on yeah. the Viking show, it's, it's everything you do and how you do anything. It's how you do everything, vice versa. So if you're, if you're listening to this and everything is life or death in your reality, you know, you might be, you know, sh you know, shooting yourself in the gut every time you're trying to make a decision and that fractures the even flow state that you can be creating and moving through life so much simpler. And I think for me, it's it's about learning from mistakes. We want those mistakes, but we don't wanna keep creating those same mistakes over and over and over. That's the definition of insanity. And if we can have an operating system within us that's flowing and feels like we are where we're supposed to be, then we can start calling in the things that our hearts desire, wants, and needs, and can support it. And that's through doing things with love and intention and awareness. And I, and I just, I love your story because this is a perfect example of how being in a homeostasis mindset has allowed you to go through triumphs and sadnesses and all these things and still be here smiling in front of me and ready for the next adventure while there's a volcano Definitely. exploding 18 miles yeah. from you. <laughs> Just think about like, this is it's real insane, life. Right? Like what a, what a trip. Tell yeah. me, tell me a little bit more about, um, you know, some of the takeaways you've had in the, you know, the sh being on set, and being in, in such a barbaric show, I, I've been able to watch some of it and it's right up my alley. There's a spiritual conscious level to that show. There's also a real brutality about that show that was really like, it just kind of takes, it grabs you, you know? And and, yeah. and this world is brutal. It's a brutal world. Did you, is, did, you yeah. did you embody that in a in a romantic way? There's, a, there's some kind of romantic, poetic um, aspect to that. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I felt like I was, I was channeling Gunnhild. Uh, Who's your of, character? Who is your character? Yes. Yeah. Kattegat and, and Gunnhild was the mother of Kings in the sagas. And I have a son and I feel like, you know, I am a mother of a King. He is, he's, uh, he's my little berserker. He was actually <laughs> on Vikings for, uh, one scene and, uh, he, doesn't he, I don't show him the the brutal scenes on Vikings, but he saw me practicing on set, and he came to set so many times, and I was you know stabbing people and sword fighting, and it was just crazy. And every time I was like, guys, can you uh, you know talk to my son afterwards? He's he's st standing right there, and and I would be killing them, and they're like, we're totally fine over here, and he's like, oh, it's all make believe, yeah, it's gonna be on TV. And then I showed him like one little scene. And I was like, yeah, do you remember this guy? He's like, yeah, I remember him. And, you know, he could, he could see it. So I always made sure to, to make him, you know, feel good about what I was doing. Cause I was, you know, sometimes I called him up on, on uh, FaceTime and I was all bloody and I had forgotten. And he goes, mom, what's on your face? I'm like, oh, it's the ketchup. <laughs> <from the show." laughs> 
That's so wild. I mean, wow. <laughs> what a cool experience you've created for him. I mean, as he, as he starts to yeah. develop more and gets more into his body and starts all, all yeah. of these things as you know, as we start to grow up a little bit to like project, wait a second, my mom, my Icelandic mom was a warrior queen on this show. And she was yeah. basically, I wouldn't even say you were acting, you were remembering who you were in terms I of your so, it, ancestors. What a trip that is. felt like going in and Michael Hurst is so good at writing for like he, I felt like he just knew me. Like we yeah. had a few meetings, we, we, um, you know, had dinners and stuff. And every time I got a script, I was like, that is exactly what I would do in, in a real life, similar situation. Like he just kind of brought the essence of something in me and wrote Gunhild. And I felt like I was, I didn't even feel like I had to prepare that much sometimes. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, I know what she's going through there. Yeah. Uh, I got it. Unbelievable. And it's, it's, it's amazing to, to be on a show where, um, where everybody almost feels that like everybody's kind of tapping into some kind of ancestral, you know, berserker, warrior, queen, king, something and you could see people kind of come alive, like once this costume is on and the makeup and the hair and everything, and you could see people just like, okay, now I am this person that is, you know, this unbelievable warrior, or unbelievable, you know, queen or seer or this or that. And it's amazing to, to be working with, with so many people that are all just making this amazing show happen. Cause it, it's magic. The show, I think it's just, it you know it really beautiful. it really is and i think there's a lot to explore in the empowerment and embodiment and i want to i want to circle back to that but i i have an experience when i was in iceland about 4 years ago i went into a medicine journey and during that medicine journey i connected to the spirit of the land i connected to the elves i connected to the fairies i mean it was almost like it was it was hyper synchronicity nonstop. I, we were somewhere in the northern part of Iceland. I, can't, I forgot the uh, I forgot the name of the city. Snifle, Snifleness? Snifles? Yeah, that's in the west. Snifleness is a, Snifle. the peninsula. That yeah, peninsula. So we were a little yeah. bit inward of there. It was just un, unreal magic. It's a very powerful area too. It was with, a vortex. With the, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, that's where it is. It's insane. I, I was on another level. And then- yeah. And then we came back to Reykjavik and we were actually staying with the the president and his wife at that time. Uh, wow. It was very interesting. We were staying with them. And for me, I'm, I'm curious, you being on that show, what has that done for your celebrity in Iceland, being an Icelandic Viking warrior? I mean, is, what is that? Do people care over there or is there Not people really, recognize no, you? People recognize me, I think, from swimming more than from Vikings, because I don't I don't know why Icelanders haven't gotten on the Vikings, you know, watching Vikings train. Maybe because they do it I all did. day. That's that's just who they are. <laughs> I the the TV stations here before, you know, Netflix and before everything, they they showed the first two seasons and then they stopped. And then when I came in season five and six, Icelandic people weren't following it because they hadn't, you know, gotten it on Netflix or, you know, yeah. But yeah, some people do mostly, mostly tourists that here that are here in Iceland, they'll, um, they'll want a picture or something. And I was, I was by this waterfall, uh, last week 
and there's a there's a family from South America, and and Vikings is really popular in South America, and there were there were twenty of them or fifteen, and they all wanted pictures, and I was like, yes, of course, you know, COVID, can we do you know so I don't get a picture of me going like holding everybody. I was like, let's go, everybody get in there. Um, but then my son got a little upset after it and he goes, why didn't you tell him I was on Vikings? Maybe they would want a picture with me. And I'm like, oh, That's a good story. I I, I could I already feel his vibe. I need to include him because he was he's on episode um, 13 in season six and Peter Franson, uh, who plays King Harold picks him up in a scene and Peter is the greatest. I love Peter. He is such a great actor and just an amazing person. And he made my son feel so good about the whole thing, like the whole scene and everything. And uh, yeah, my son did such an amazing job. He was was a little Viking boy. That's amazing. uh, What a story to be able to tell. What a story to be able to tell. (laughs) do Do you feel you represent the embodied, empowered woman in this, in this life. Oh, yeah. Tell me a little I mean, bit about that. I hope that. so. Yeah. I I've always wanted to be, um, just had a good example for younger people and maybe even older people. But I just remember with swimming, I, anytime somebody would ask me for help or guidance, I would always, you know, welcome it. I'm, I'm there. I'm there. If you need any, you know, help teaching, you know, a swimsuit, like the, the race suits were expensive and I gave all mine away, like who needs it? Like, and I feel if people can look up to you and, um, you know, do something good with their life because they see that you're doing something good. I, I feel like that's an amazing, amazing thing to do. And I always felt, cause I'm tall too. I was, I was this height when I was 12. So I was very young when I was taller than everybody. And I always felt I'm strong. I'm capable. I can do this. I don't need anybody's help, which is kind of, it's a good and a bad thing. Cause sometimes, you know, you, I forget to ask for help when I, you know, it'd be nice, <laughs> Yeah. but you know, being this tall at this, this early age and being strong and being in the pool and being, you know, a woman, um, I've always felt capable, strong, powerful. And it, I don't think anybody has ever, you know, managed to make me feel not powerful, which is a good thing. And then I realized that a lot of women, mostly, um, they get taken, you know, into this, like kind of put into a, a, a character of being lesser, weaker, not capable. And I see this and I'm like, Oh, we need to actually, you know, wake the fake up and get women, you know, empowered because we're all powerful. We, we bring life into this world. We are, you know, women, we are nurturing. We are, we are powerful. We can be warriors. We can be, we can be anything. And that's what I've known from, you know, probably five, six years old. I can be anything. I can do anything. You know, I've never, I've never seen myself as a woman when it comes to doing anything. I'm just a person. It's the, not like the the definition of the modern woman or of what women are supposed to be supposed to oh yeah yeah and yeah. operate with there I, yeah. I wrote a quote earlier the greatest prison that people live in is the fear of what other people think and I think that yeah. that that kind of state of mind is has matriculated into the minds of so many people and I, I see that with a lot of women today and and men. But speaking that on women, a, that is a great line. Yeah. Say it again, one one more time for yeah. me. The greatest prison that people live in 
is the fear of what other people think. Wow. That's a really good line. Yep. And it's so true. It's yep. so true. Yeah, and for yourself, if, if I feel you never really gave a shit what other people thought, so to speak, right? To a certain degree. No, I mean, you probably really. had phases of it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a, you know, I obviously when I, when I'm working um, and I'm on a set, I want to do a good job because I don't want people to not like what I'm doing with work. I want people to want to see Vikings because I'm on it, or I want people to want to, you know, see, see what I create. And that's, that's where I kind of feel like, okay, I want to do well so that people will, you know, respond well to it. But I am, you know, I feel like an athlete, even though I'm, you know, an actress now, I feel like I go out with a messy hair bun, no makeup. And I couldn't give a shit what people would think. Like, why isn't she like wearing nicer? Like what? I don't care. Like I'm comfortable. If I feel comfortable, then I don't care. But with work, I think I've mostly, you know, that's, that's the area where I care what people think. Cause I want to do a good job. I want to, I want people to, to come to the movies, to come to the, you know, television set and watch the show or this or that. So I think, and it's not a fear. That's more like, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a little bit of a, a fire that, you know, you can, you can use. It's yeah. never been a fear for right. me. Yeah. Right. But it's so true. There's so many people that fear what other people are thinking about them. And more often than not, it's not even true. Nobody thinks that it's just your fear. It's mostly, it's, uh, it's mostly made up of illusions. And we've, we've got yeah. caught up in a modern world where it's not only should I succeed, but you should fail in the process. And we've also got this insecurity and lack of self-development, which has caused the, this whole miasm or illusion that you have to one-up the next person, or if someone's doing well, they're stealing from you. And I've, I, you see this in the clicky energy that's in the modern schooling system, and it starts to yeah. go into you know worse and worse. And, and if you look at television, tell-a-vision, okay, mm-hmm. no offense to the Viking shows, but television is broadcasted as competition, as gossip, as suffering and all these things these are the, these are the highlights of you know clickbait and and getting people yeah. interested and stuff like that and as a as an embodied woman i i, I want to ask you cuz i see it here and i see a lot of women around me that are you know coming together and they're bonding together and they're really stepping into like divine sisterhood where all of that false ego is being left on the floor and they're really getting into their pains and their sufferings and they're nurturing and loving each other, which is what the matriarch stands for. In my personal opinion, do do you feel, do you feel the same way? Do you have an energy of bonding and tribing with your sisters and creating and cultivating a safe place for them to harmonize? Always, always. And I, I totally agree with you with the whole, um, Click, clickbait. I don't even know what it is. Cause I never click it. Yeah, I never, beautiful. it never gets me. I mean, I don't know the gossip. I don't, you know, I don't even, I, I, I just don't have time for it. I don't even watch the news because I don't have time for whatever they want to tell me. Yes. If there's something important, like there's a, there's a volcano, somebody will tell me, I don't need to go to the, the, the websites of the newspapers and everything. I don't need it. Somebody will tell me there's a volcano. I go, oh, maybe I want to Google it, like look at what's happening. And then I will. Yeah. But with the competition that is, 
so like, it's so it's all around us. If somebody's doing well, you know, you have to, you have to, um, do better or they're taking from you. That is, that's one of the things that I just like, you know, I felt, I felt jealousy before, but I know how to turn it off right away. I go, Nope, that's not the right vibration to be in. I see some girl that is tall and blonde and she books a job that I kind of wanted. And I go, Oh no, 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 not the vibration happy for her. I am so happy for you. Congratulations. You deserved it. Something, something is going to come for me or, you know, it's, it's the whole sisterhood. Like you're saying, like we can't be competing. Nobody's going to take away what's yours yep. as, as you are not going to take away something that is theirs, you know? So I think we just have to sit back, relax and be in the good vibration of just loving and happiness and joy and gratitude. Cause that's when the good things that you want will find you. I love, I love, I love everything you just said. That's in the, the, the book, the field of the DNA laws and fields of resonance is that if you're in a resonance of bliss and respect and honor, that's, what's going to come back towards you. And if you're constantly just struggling with other people's achievements around you, that's really some self-reflecting that you need to do because you're creating suffering. And oh, yeah. yeah, and it's it's a real shame that we're we're seeing that more and more today, especially with the advent of social media. Uh, social media was supposed to be a place where we all meet together and share information and love and harmony, and that. But yeah. now it's become something where you know I'm better than you, and it's gone back to the old you know second grade nonsense where I don't want to share my toys yeah. with you, and look how shiny my toys are. That that's that's you know that's a very low. Um, sophisticated mindset and that low sophistication has you know gone generation deep and we're in generation loss we've forgotten what we've forgotten and if you're listening to this i think the main takeaway is who's who's governing and controlling your thoughts and emotions and how you perceive things where did that come from is that some some kind of traumatic experience you had as a child was it the way you were raised was it you know some kind of lack or poverty conscious or scarcity mentality, these things are suffer are uh, keeping you in a place of suffer. You being angry or envy of someone else or jealousy of someone else that is not affecting that person. It's affecting you. And it's and on a scientific level, on an energetic level, it's creating more stress in your body, which ultimately leads to decay, chronic diseases, and cellular de- degradation, which then creates rapid aging and all kinds of problems like that when we want to be thriving emotionally, physically, and mentally, and spiritually. And it, we can go, we can trace this back to abundance too. When it, when we're talking about we need abundance in this world, not just financially, but energetically. We need to be in that, in that state of consciousness. Everything that you're um, expressing in your experience is such a good lesson for so many of our viewers, not just women, but men as well. And th- this is, I think this is the conversation that needs to be had is what Definitely. is, yeah. <laughs> so at this point, I think we've really expressed a lot of takeaways and we've really gotten into so many amazing um, concepts that people can self-reflect on. Are there anything else that's going on in your life right now? I know that we're in kind of a stalemate situation, but I think this is happening for a reason, this great reset. And the fact that you are now blossoming into the spring over there energetically, you have, you're have you with your son, you know, the, yeah. the, the water is flowing there and you got volcanoes. I mean, just think about what's really going on on a cosmic level. 
Are you are you in gratitude for all this, for this time to I, just reset? So much gratitude. I've been here for my son. In 2019, I think I went 70 times abroad. Wow. I had to go for a date, like wow. a day because I have, you know, a meeting in London. And then I come back and I'm going back the next day even. And like, I was just, you know, I was, I was tired. And my son was tired of me always working and being somewhere else and, and coming back and going. And, and for the last couple of years um, or a year and a half, I've been here. I've been with him. We're, we're jumping into hot springs, you know, every week and grounding. And he loves that. He is, he is a, a big fan of, of grounding. And, and, you know, if he can't fall asleep, he'll go, he'll go, mom, get me the stone that helps me sleep. And he'll put it here <laughs> on his forehead. I love and that. I'm just loving the fact that he, he can express these things and he can like touch the ground and say, I feel better now, mom, you know, my, yeah. my anger is gone or my frustration towards this is gone. And yeah, we, last weekend, we, I think we jumped into two or three different, um, hot springs. So it's, it's an amazing thing to have here. You know, when the sun is shining, it's a little easier for him to come with because me and my partner will go in any weather rain or shine, we yeah. will jump into a hot spring, but my son is a little bit, no, it's too cold. I can't do it now. I'm like, okay, but the sun is shining now. So he's, he's happy to, uh, to jump into the, to the hot tubs as you call them. Uh, he calls them that we jump into all over Iceland all the little secret spots and uh which yeah, we'll be going to which we'll be going yes. to soon so if you're listening to this we are working on developing a really cool escape retreat out into the secret spots of iceland probably you know no more than 25 30 people and for about mm -hmm. 10 days and we're going to go into the deep stuff and i i can't wait to experience that with you guys and w w the It'll whole time, we're just going to be grounding, which is connecting your bioenergetic body to the earth, not to the grass field with sewage systems underneath it. I'm talking direct contact yeah. to the earth, which scientifically proven we now know lowers runaway inflammation and just creates a calmness, which is where we belong. We're not we're not meant to be in these artificial boxes, you know, wearing rubber <laughs> shoes. It's just we, we've we've lost our way, and I I can't wait to connect with you in nature and have those experiences and have those moments and even and from that point on we go to next level plateaus because it's like that's the whole, that's the whole point of this existence in my perspective is to go deeper and deeper and deeper into our awareness that's where we can find the gold that's where the love and the energy starts to flow and that's really what it's all about and for you to be able to provide that for your son on that wild island that's you know, under so much energy, you know, it's just un unbelievable that if it you're, is. if you're yeah. listening, go to, go to her, uh, Instagram, Raga's Instagram and check out some of the videos of the volcano and that lava and how close you get to it. It's unbelievable. That, that's you like, you feel the heat. It's, yeah. it's amazing. And Infrared the power heat. and the energy it's, it's just, you know, you get close and, um, you know, a few meters away. And then it just explodes and you see it just oozing coming towards you and you just don't have to worry because it's not coming at a speed. It's slowly, it is taking its time. It is not in a rush to come out and make the land in a day or in an hour. Yeah. It is taking its time and flowing. And the first time I got there, I got so close and now we're, we're hundreds of meters further because it's just been filling up a whole valley of new of new earth and it's 
amazing to witness. And there's so many craters open now. It's like you look and it's, it's like you're on a movie set. Like somebody made it as like a, a set and it's unreal. It's, and you know, you can feel the heat sitting 50, hundred meters away from the thing, from the running lava and you can feel it. It heats you up and it just energizes you. And you just sit there and you watch it. And it's like the best movie you've ever seen but it's real life. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, the, this is so beautiful to receive. You know, when we, when we look at things in nature and we experience things around us, you know, when I, when I look at an owl, you know, outside of my bedroom or hawks flying above me or coyotes running around my house at the sanctuary, I'm, I'm feeling into the mysticism of that and how it's making me feel. So that experience, the sounds, the smells, the emotions, the sights, all create an embodiment from within. And it's the same thing if you're just sitting there watching, you know, fear programming and pain and all this dark stuff that is probably most of its nonsense, that's creating a vibration within you too. So that's an important reminder. What you look at, what you feel, what you're feeding your body and soul is what's going to be putting it out. We know now you are what you eat. Now eating can be anything. Right. It could be what you're, oh, what yeah. you're experiencing every day. Listening to what you're All you know, talking about, what people All are talking about close to you, even even if you didn't even mean to hear it. It's yeah. it's unreal. You're eating it all. Absolutely. It's just like secondhand so smoke. It's just like secondhand smoke. Second, <laughs> exactly. Secondhand smoke is Move so away dangerous. from the negativity. If you hear some things, Absolutely. some argument and you just go back in line. <laughs> A- absolutely. Look, this yeah. was this was so phenomenal and I'm so glad we did this. And it's so Me good. Too. If you're just listening on Spotify or iTunes, uh, we're we're going to be able to put this on the YouTube so you can see us. But I've been staring directly at Raka the whole time, and we've just been uh, the, the the faces, the funny remarks, the <laughs> smiles, the laughs. This is what it's all about. And again, I just want to say I honor you, Queen. I love you so much. You. I appreciate you. Um, I can't wait to do this again. I can't wait to come out and with with everybody and and just tribe up up there. And thank you for sharing so your story, and you know a lot of the tools, the mental tools that turned into physical tools with all the beautiful people out there that are listening. And I I really appreciate it. this. This truly is waking the fake up and removing. Thank you the for illusions. having me, and it's... and thank you for listening to my stories. And I love you, brother. Thank you. <laughs> I love I love you too. Go watch Raka on Vikings. And uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. This was a real special uh, experience for myself. God bless you all. Gratitude family for tuning in today and deep reverence to you all for dedicating your time to seeking knowledge and truth. This is what it's all about. You can find more of my podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Google Podcasts. You can also find this on my website at wakethefakeup.com. Life is all about momentum. Please leave a review so I can hear your experiences and share with your friends, family, and anyone who needs to hear this message. This is a revolution of consciousness. This is just the beginning. I am all in. I'll be back next week for another epic conversation. Stay tuned, family. Big love.